No theme music, just me. You know how we do. Welcome to Virtual Courtside. I am your host, Harris Rubenstein. Alongside me is my ever-so-lovely co-host, Mr. Dirk DeCaster. Happy Thursday, Dirk. It is Thursday. You should record on Wednesday, but today is Thursday. I keep forgetting. Thursday. And we pushed it back because we have a special guest. We do so have a special it's, guest. It's always, it's always uh, it's a good to do. How, how you doing, my friend? How's everything holding up? I'm good. Uh, you know, the little pup is being a nightmare, but we are getting, uh, we're 20 days away from the start of the season, buddy. How's that feel? Are you excited? Um, you nervous? Excited and nervous. Mm. Um, not every year. I'm more, I'm more nervous just to see the structure of how things are. I mean, we talked about it. We, we've been busy with the league the past seven years of like four days a week. Um, now it's one day cut out, which to a lot of other people doesn't seem like much. It's like, it's, oh, it's just one day. It was like, well, that makes a hell of a lot of a difference from like having what 76 shows going down to like 54 shows now. So that, that one day really does impact things. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, you know, me, I'm big into having like a rhythm and flow and a routine, yeah. right? a daily routine. And so anytime that my routine has to drastically change, that's where I'm like, okay, now I got to get all this done. It only takes about a week, and then I'm usually good. So excited and nervous, but probably more excited than nervous. I feel that. That's kind of where I've landed, too. I, I am excited to have a little bit more free time. I don't know what yeah. we're going to do with all the free time. Um, probably pray, play pro clubs and maybe talk about the league on Twitch. I don't know, but we'll have more free time. It'd be nice to spend more time yeah. with our families and the dogs during uh, during the season. But it, you know, you and I are so used to working like crazy. It'll, it'll be a weird adjustment. Obviously it'll be adjustment for the other talent too. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. The good news is, is that alongside of that, they can kind of get into our, our lead, uh, lead thing for the day is the schedule was released. We officially yep. got to see kind of how everything is structured. Uh, one week of group play, two weeks of bracket play, uh, for 3v3, uh, no in-person 3v3 until we get to the 3v3 playoffs and finals at the end of March. Uh, so, or at the end of April, excuse me, the end of April. I was about the to say, I was like, sorry, hmm? we're starting in, we're starting in, in March this year, basically. Um, but yeah, the end of April will be the 3v3 finals. That'll be the first time we're in person this season. Uh, the switch and the slam have the same structure of one week of bracket play and then two or sorry one week of group play two weeks of bracket play i can't speak english today uh and then we will have the steal as usual um i mean it's it's you know it's it's less i'll say this people were asking for less 3v3 and guess what they're getting less 3v3 there will be hmm. less overall series and less overall games played this year which probably for the better uh it does suck that with the general format change it, this has also affected um, the fives structure as well, but less threes. And I guess from that perspective, we can all be happy without reflecting it over on the five V five side of things. Yeah. I, I still wish three V three was best of three instead of best of fives. Mm. Um, that's just, I, yeah. I still will never know. I mean, for playoffs, best of fives and, and you know, once you get into bracket play stuff, yeah, get, give me best of fives, but for like the group play stuff, I feel like best of threes is always good. Um, but yeah, it, it again, it's just, it's it's gonna be a weird year for everybody in terms of I, I know like obviously below the reels is always the one I see posts about like the five structures like damn man like we went from this year playing this many and then now it's cut down to this and then this so um yeah I'm just I'm looking ready to get everything on the way I mean it's crazy that we have our, our playoffs and finals uh, in in May like that is that is gonna be a major adjustment for us it's gonna be weird um you mean June I thought you said it was May. Well, it's the end of April, technically, because the first week of May, I should know this because I'm moving that week. The first week of May 
you know, we're off. We got the bye week. So we, we finished oh. threes at the end of April. We got the bye week the first week of May. And then we start back up in fives like May 12th or something, I think. Hold on. I, I, See, you, you're you more in tap with this. I didn't even know we had a bye yeah, week. May 8th. <laughs> May, May 8th, we, we start back up for fives because May 1st, I'm moving. And that's during our bye week. Uh, that means that the finals, I believe, is like the 27th or the 26th of April. Uh, that week. Yeah, the 24th through the 27th. That's our that's our week. Uh, bye week. Bye week. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Thumbs up. Um, I'm very interested in how threes is gonna go this year. Um, you know, I think last year it was received pretty well. I actually think the audience was pretty good for it. I think we did see though that like during like the dead nights, right? Like you know, a random Wednesday at like 9 p.m. You know, there'd be like there'd be like 1,300 people in there, right? Like it would it wasn't exactly bringing in like the biggest audiences we've ever seen on those random nights. So I'm hoping that th- with this new structure. Everything just matters a little bit more, and all these games mean a little bit more. I mean, so often everything it was just felt so meaningless. I mean, the T Wolves played 170 plus three v three games last year. Like, how are you supposed to like know which ones matter if you're the yeah. audience? So it'll be a little bit easier to to make that distinction this year. But yeah, I'm excited for threes, excited for fives. Uh, we we gotta go fast because our our interview is coming up soon. Should we tell people who we're interviewing, or should we wait? Should we have it to be a surprise? Mm, surprise surprise okay we'll have just skip through if you want to see who it is <laughs> <laughs> one more one more topic before we go um because this happened in between the last episode and this one uh Ramo did his spaces about his suspension um do you i mean we talked about it a lot when when the head coaching move was announced when jay money got picked up when Ramo uh was released when the press release came out so do, do you have any any more comments about the the Ramo stuff or you feel like you've said everything you've wanted to say I think I said everything I want to say. I jumped okay. in pretty late into it. I jumped in when it just turned more into a community spaces at that point. And they were talking about like the same conversation that we've had, I think since day one, well, what can players bring to a team to make it more valuable and like content and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, I think I said all of I needed to do. Um, I, I don't exactly know what he had said on it. I know his brother was chiming in a lot, which his brother yeah. always has his hey, back. His brother's so, always got something to say. <laughs> yeah. So I saw all the tweets uh, post following it, but, but yeah, I don't really, you know, it's, it's kind of like moved on now. What we're about a month out from that, all that happening, maybe yeah. even a little over more than a month. And, um, I think with all the season focus now going over to Jay Money and just kind of everything in general ramping up, yeah. it's kind of like a topic that just needs to die out. I agree. I, I will say I was surprised to see all those tweets where people were like getting on Ant for like go, you know, for for reporting it. And it's like, guys, well, I, it's still the I, NBA. I, like, I think what people should know, you know right? And some you of this might stuff has this, to get reported. Yeah, you might know more than I do. Um, like. I'm pretty sure at that level, like if there's an incident that doesn't happen, like you have to report it. If you don't report it and they find out, you will get in trouble. You'll get in trouble. Well, well, so that's what happened to, I mean, that's what happens on the, the gambling side, at least. Well, like if they know that you know something you didn't tell yeah. them, then you're guilty by, by you know, by committee. I, I think with this, it's like, you know, the, a lot of the tweets are out there being like, oh, like crazier things have happened in the league and not gotten reported. Like, why did something like this get reported? And all I'm going to say is that that incident also should have gotten reported just because that one did it doesn't mean that this yeah. one shouldn't also like I think we forget a lot of the times that this is still the NBA. And in, and if an active coach puts his hands on an active player at a league sponsored event, it has to get reported like it has to like there's no there's mm-hmm. no oh, answer rat for reporting Ramo. It's guys, we, we're, we're an NBA league. 
Like we some sometimes you have to kind of act like it. And, and again, the NBA wasn't the one that fired him; they just recommended it. So I, I was just yeah. shocked to see tweets like that. I feel like so often, you know, the the blame is a little misguided. Like I get it. Like you know, Ant withheld the money from him. He, he can definitely be difficult at times. We've 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 definitely pointed that out a lot publicly. But um, I just I just find that this whole situation, everybody's kind of in the wrong. Ant was in the wrong for not giving him the money. Ramos in the wrong for putting his hands on a player at an active event. Actually, those are the only two people who are in the wrong. The NBA is kind of in the right, and the you know you could argue the T Wolves are kind of in the right too. So, hundred percent. Well, we'll 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 see how the whole situation mix uh, works out. But I'll tell you one thing: I am excited to see Pistons T Wolves uh, on stage this year. I wonder if there's going to be a little uh, a little juice, a little 100%. energy, a little 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 juice coming in. You know, there's a, there's a there's a lot of juice regardless. Yeah, juice. Um, despite anything, so yeah. Now, like factoring all that in there is going to be even more. I'm kicking India because India just decided to, to join the Discord while we were talking. All right, that's actually a great sign. Let's let's cut over to our interview. I'm going to spoil the interview right now. We are talking to Brendan Donahue today, the former uh, commissioner, president, managing president. director, everything. I feel like he had every single title <laughs> of the NBA 2K League. Uh, we're going to talk to him about a lot of interesting things. I don't know what we're going to talk to him about because we haven't recorded it yet. So without further ado, let's go talk to him right now and let's transition into our interview <laughs> with BD, Mr. Brandon Donahue, the former, I still can't get your title right, president, commissioner, managing director, guy at the top of the ladder of the NBA 2K League. Uh, in, in, how you doing? In, in, intern guy who took you know 1 a.m calls from idris like i, 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 did, it all. I did it all so we do we, we got to start at the top what what is i mean you're sitting in an nba 2k league chair right now with the season one draft behind you so uh, what what is life for you without the nba 2k league so far what's it been like listen it, it's it's been great I, i'm i'm fortunate you know my son is a senior in high school so getting a chance to enjoy his senior year, going to his swim meets and stuff. And yeah, Derek shaking his head. Like he remembered the little kid walking in the studio yes. one or draft night. Um, no, it's, it's been, it's been fun. Honestly, it, it's a chance for me to kind of, uh, I had never taken more than 10 days off since college. Um, and, and I am turning 50 this year. So that put in perspective kind of how long it had been. So I, I'm happy to kind of to, to recharge the batteries a little bit. Is, is it crazy. weird? Is it weird to not be like prepping for the season? Like, do do you feel like the electricity in your fingers? Like, oh, I should be doing something right now. No, no joke. This is totally serious. It, it, my first six weeks, I thought my brain was gonna explode. Like, I, <laughs> I I was so used to being attached to my phone, and like, if I had sixty minutes on my calendar, I didn't know what to do. I was so yeah. I was so anxious about it. So it's it's uh, actually it's it's been fun now to kind of like now actually. Um, I'm uh I always follow you guys and what you're doing you know socially and like I know Derek you're playing soccer and, and playing golf. <laughs> so right now I was I am training. I'm I'm uh, I've been swimming a ton. Ooh. I'm trying to do I'm trying to do some triathlons in the spring. So that's, Ooh, that's badass. That's Try crazy. Man. See, that, like, I, yo, if you're if you're gonna make a life change, you might as well make a life change. <laughs> I'm not doing it professionally, All but right. I, I'm, I'm I'm doing it for fun. Those triathlons are no joke. I've heard um, UFC fighter Paul Felder. Um, he retired from the UFC, started doing triathlons. Like this was harder than any fight that I've ever had. I'm like, that is very intimidating. I do not. I don't want to even try that. No, it's a blast. I, I actually, I've done them before, um, so this is kind of getting back into it. But it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. That is crazy, man. Carter is senior in high school now. That's yeah. I, that, 
it, it's so wild because like every time I see picture, anytime I see you or I see the pictures, I always just get like nostalgia hit immediately. I'm like, damn, I always think back to to season one and everything. And like to what you're saying, Carter was like a little kid. I just saw um Kuda's little brother. Remember, he used to be running around the studio all the time. He's now 17 years old. I uh, just yeah. saw that birthday get posted. So I'm like, man, I, I'm starting to feel, I see it on my face a little bit under my eyes. Now when I play sports, I'm always getting hurt. But then I'm like, I see that. And I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> Listen, see, season one, Dirk looked very different. I, I will say still drinking Mountain Dew. I, I don't though, think don't you grow facial hair. Zero sugar. Zero sugar Mountain Dew. Now there you go. That's, <laughs> the, that's the real age bullets in there. Right. <laughs> um, so BD, now that you've kind of had a couple weeks uh, to like, really like take it in and, and kind of, you know, I guess digest everything a bit. Like, what what is your feeling on the NBA 2K League? Like, like when you when you think back, like what are what what what's the vibe? I guess from your sense, like do you do you feel good about the work that you did in the league? Like, do you feel like you left business undone? Like, kind of where where's your head at after a couple of weeks off the job? Yeah, listen, I, I it was the best job I've ever had in my life. Uh, it, it was a blast. Um, it was. You know, I mean, think about it, we started with six people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and TJ is still, you know, TJ is still there, but I mean, six people, and we were trying to put on the draft, which Dirk knows he got like higher the night before the draft and ended up doing a, a seven or eight hour broadcast pr- practically by famous. himself. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so it was, I mean, from, from then it was so like gritty and like in the first couple of years, then we got better. We got better talent, uh, both on the playing surface and off. Um, and so it was just fun. I mean, and even when I joke about like, getting those 1 a.m. calls from players and stuff like people call and saying they couldn't, you know, they couldn't live away from home and they, they were calling me upset. Like that was the fun of it. Right. It was just like, it was, it was the business part. It was the building the stage and creating that excitement. And then the, the flip side was also like, I love the, to me, like the, the toughest thing Harris is, was frankly making the decision to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it was bittersweet, man. It was like, it's my baby at the same time. And, 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 and like, it was very emotional. It was a lot of, like, a lot of emotions. And we shared some ourselves even around, like, you know, when we first, when we first kind of talked about the decision, it was, um, you know, it was tough. I mean, I, I genuinely care about the folks. I, I am definitely, I consider myself a servant leader and like, I love, I love the team. And so uh, that was the hardest part by far. And so I still, and, and listen, I'm glad we're talking um, live, but I mean, we, and we, we definitely could talk, you know, off this and you guys will have me as a friend for life. And I feel the same way about the team. Yeah. What what was last season like for you? Like, you know, it sounds like this was a decision that was made prior to, to last year. So like, was it, was it weird kind of like going through last year? Like what, what was, what was your feeling? No, if anything, it made me appreciate all those little things. Mm. It made me appreciate sitting in the studio with players and like having conversations. Like that's the stuff that like, even go back to season one, like getting to know all the players one-on-one and like, the Ramo that I saw season one or the Walnut or Dimes, whatever. And then the last season, like seeing those guys mature and become like grown men and like, and have different priorities. It was and seeing themselves as go from like being, you know, just the great players to all of a sudden being leaders of organizations. Like that was a blast to watch that all kind of come to fruition. And frankly, I'll say the same of you guys, like, going from the guy who was sitting in the back of the room doing social media posts, Terrace, to like being a totally a part of the broadcast and watching Dirk, like go from like the new guy, you know, kind of learning under Scott to now being the mentor to a, you know, to a demon JT, like that stuff's, that stuff's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it was it was a special year last year, you know, just like with how great the gameplay was. I thought we really figured out kind of the, the broadcast team and what like the proper vibe was. I thought our player base, too. I mean, you mentioned the talent on the court. It, it It's kind of nuts to see where the league was when I came in and when you guys came in at season one and season two and where it is now. What what do you think that is? Like, why do you think it is that we keep finding guys uh, that just have so much talent? Like, where do these guys come from? Like, did you guys notice at least something behind the scenes that kind of predicated all these guys coming in, or were you just as surprised as everyone else? No, I think it's twofold. I think, I think one, frankly, I think the system to find players got better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it went from just the combine itself to adding local tournaments, adding tryouts, this year adding a combine in person, like, it kind of the process kept getting better and better. And that's naturally going to unearth the best players in the world. Hopefully Um, I think that's one piece. And then the other piece, I think there were players, you know, I'm trying to like players like Glizzy who kind of were inspired by those early season guys and like, and dove all in on the game. And like, by the time they came along and got drafted, like they had seen so much and kind of been inspired by those, by the fabs and the dives, all those guys in the early years. So I think, I don't know, I think it's a combination of a couple of things, but I think it's naturally kind of evolved in a good way. Dirk, you ask a question. I've asked like four in a row. <laughs> so I, I was just about, I was like, I was trying to figure out a way to like chime in if I had to say anything. Um, my my thing, BD, is like I feel like a lot of people they see your job title, and for the most part, you'd be out at the events, and there are some people who are like wonder like, what was like the day to day life when you were with the NBA 2K League, right? I'm assuming that pre COVID and post COVID, maybe just like a little bit different. But like, what what was like your day to day operations? Was it just like meetings all day, like trying to get sponsors, or was it trying to figure out this is the next place that we're gonna go roll through and do an event? So first and foremost, it was putting on a great event, putting on a great product. So like, it was more. I was always flying in and out of like each department. So like, it might have been the broadcast, might have been content marketing, sponsorship, league ops, etc. Like, it was being dangerous enough, dangerous enough to have a good conversation in all those areas. But also knowing, frankly, that like TJ knows event management better than I did or Matt knew broadcast better than I did. Kind of like, frankly, it was more about understanding what they wanted to do, making sure it aligned with what I thought was best. And then, frankly, trying to remove landmines, like trying to get like if they were struggling with this or struggling with that or struggling with their budget, like helping them, frankly, just like just remove remove problems from their lives as much as I could. So that's what it was. It was more just kind of being across the whole thing. Um, and then, as I mentioned, like on the player side and the team side, it was always, I mean, it was, there was never, a, a, there was never a normal day by any stretch of the imagination. It was, it was always something crazy coming up, popping up. It was, you know, you had to deal with fines or suspensions or, you know, it just challenges came up. That's just, and that made it fun though. Like, it, uh, you know, everyone would always be freaking out in the moment. And I think I got enough scar tissue to, to like slow things down and be like, okay, guys, it's not that big a deal. We've handled these kind of things before. We'll handle them again. Like, it's all good. Like, um, the, but the biggest thing, honestly, was just like, you know, putting great people in a place where they can succeed and getting out of their way. What What was, um? you, you bring up the fines and suspensions. That process, right? Because we, we always saw the press release and it'd be like, yeah, you know, like the end would always finish it off, says Brendan Donahue, blah, blah, blah. Was there any that would ever come across your desk and you just kind of sat there like scratching your head? I was like, really? Like you, you did this. Oh, a million times. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the number, and I will say the number of people, the number of conversations I had off the record with players being like, seriously, like, give me a chance to defend you. Like you can't keep doing these things. Uh, <laughs> 
but yeah, it was, I don't know. I will say I, I'm a softy that way. Like I was definitely the one who was trying to like talk down the, the, the punishments at times sure. uh, because I had such good relationships with the players that I wanted to, I, I knew the human side. Like I, there were so many guys who I saw make big mistakes that I also saw the human side of them, like in the studio, talking to them, like seeing them with little kids in the studio. Like you realize that genuinely at their core, they're good people and they just screwed up. Yeah. And, and frankly, when I, I wouldn't want anybody to take a snapshot of me at 19 and make, you know, kind of, I mean, we all made mistakes. Like we were younger. So I don't know. I, I always had a soft spot in my heart for players. Um, but listen, but we also on the full, on the flip side, if you don't, address bad behavior like you're not you're, then everyone's gonna everyone's gonna go nuts so yeah i think you, you know you also got to make sure that the model guys you know the um you know insert great like in, you know, nudini like the guy was in totally low maintenance and like you got to also reward that by you know by also addressing poor behavior mm-hmm. i i have um there's two iconic moments i can think of um and one comes from season one one comes from season two and I know you're probably in the studio for this because you're in the studio all times. What was your reaction when one, you remember the whole stiff arm dilemma with the Heat and 76ers? And as the Heat were walking up the stairs, they were screaming at the 76ers <laughs> staff, not fans, the staff that came up there. What was your reaction to that? And two, what was your reaction to the, the Hawks Celtics matchup? The clip that got probably the, I think it's the most viewed clip ever in the, NBA 2K yes, League history. The, the pushing of the, the little push camera cuts away dr disrespected a live react to it i'm like why isn't the camera still rolling what was your reactions to two of those moments so god i'll do the first one first so, uh well yeah actually that's the order they happen too so the uh the sixers heat one it, it honestly so it's what's hard about it, i knew 2k enough to be dangerous so like, i i loved playing the game i knew it i didn't know the glitches in the game that like the expert players. So like, I always had to take other people's word you know, perspectives and their word for it. And so like, frankly, like there were guys all every year, guys would find, you know, they'd find glitches. They would find like cheat codes, you know? So like, and, and so yeah, you always had to figure out like, what do you react to? And what do you like, just let it slide. And like, mm-hmm. you can't address every, there would have been a new one every week. Yeah. And, and, so, and sometimes frankly, like, if a guy finds something, maybe it's a competitive advantage. Maybe they're just a, maybe they found something that makes them a better player. Like, so it's kind of a weird, like what is a unfair advantage and what's a fair advantage. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, the, the, so the, yeah. And stuff like pressing. And yeah, I never thought I'd use expressions like pressing B in the paint. Like, I mean, I say, <laughs> just the, the stuff I never knew I would have to know, but um, so yeah, it's funny. So Wolf was the original one that yep. found uh that found the uh the stiff arm right was mm-hmm. uh, well, I, did we call it the stiff arm yeah we call yeah it yeah arm. yeah and then of course the overpowered small forward that in itself was a whole issue mm-hmm. unto itself um you know and 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 authentic going for what was it was did he go for 87 or 81 was it 80 84 pretty sure 84 what, what, did, what did mama have i remember that it was uh oh my god that was when the buck started uh what five four triple team quadruple team Whatever yeah, it was. Oh, believe me. There were a few funnier conversations in the 2K League office than me going off on a mule, cha-ching sing for for uh, you know for basically trying to intentionally stop mama's, you know, the, the intentionally yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, they were fouling, ball. they were holding they were on holding to the, the ball, ball trying yep. to stop mama from breaking the record. I'm like, have a play defense instead of instead of you know <laughs> that, that um, team that team was so bad. <laughs> that team was bad. 
No, so I, I don't answer. I want to answer the question though. So yeah, so I, I so like everything, what I would say is like I talked to the the Heat players, and literally I remember going up to their room and hot shot showing me exactly what he was doing with his hands and like showing me exactly what he's doing. And frankly, he was not breaking the rule that we outlawed. He was right. actually doing something totally different. And, and, and he was showing me how to say, it's like, that's all I do is take his word and like took his word for it and other experts word for it. And then of course, having to go to the Sixers and explain to them that he's not doing what you're suggesting. They were screaming at me and everyone's, they're all trying to fight for money and they wanted to win the finals. And so it was, uh, and then also like, you know, I mean, I remember, um, I remember a radiant uh, sending out a post complaining out about it during this whole, like, as it's all <laughs> going on. And I'm like, Radiant, I'm like, you're sending out a post. And, and, and me and Radiant had a great relationship. He was like, I'm sorry. He's like, <laughs> so, um, so no, it was, it was, on, it was I think the, all you had to do was let the players know you were trying to find the fair answer. Like they could deal with anything as long as you were trying to be fair and trying to find like, just trying to find a fair solution, like everything else. And I think once they transparently knew I was trying, like they were cool with it. Um, so that was interesting. But then you mentioned the, uh, the, the the fab and i guess who was it fat fab and Rand fab randall. rando yeah yeah and then a little bit of hot shot um <laughs> and a little bit of mel east yeah, <laughs> a, little bit of, a lot of mel east actually <laughs> exactly so i remember thinking to myself in my head i'm like oh my god this is actually happening and like, we never had anything like that so my first yeah. thought was like, is this safe like is this environment safe like i mean safety like was my number one thing like making sure we put out the fire as much as we could and then secondly, I mean, all that was going on, like Matt and team were doing the broadcast. And so like, frankly, like, I think they automatically, like they put their NBA hat on, like, and just shut it off. Like just, you know, cut away from it. But then you're right. Like it was also great content. So like, I, it was, I wonder if, I bet if that happened in season six, they would have rolled oh. the cameras a little longer. Oh, they, they, oh yeah. they either they would have either rolled oh, the yeah. cameras a little longer, or they would have had so much footage backed up that would have been used for playoff hype or something like that. That would have yeah, been thrown I agree. into the mix. I agree. Um, and I was down on the floor, and yeah, and then Mel East, like I was, just, I'm like, dude, will you just chill out? Like, and again, that's really <laughs> happened the relationship with the players. I'm like, I knew Mel, and meanwhile, whenever his mom showed up to games, he'd be Mister, like you know, buttoned up. And, oh like, my goodness, wouldn't say a word, but then he'd be talking trash and out of control when she wasn't there. But it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was, that was the fun of that first, you know, that first season where it was like any, you know, anything could happen. You, it was, you, you everything was a first. Mm -hmm. And I remember the other one was, uh, I thought was funny was when the famous Blazers, you know, they had the, this, the Cinderella season. And then in that, that game where and then Walnut goes baseline and the ball goes off the bottom of the backboard. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember Cameron looking back at me in the crowd, like, as if like somehow I was controlling. I didn't. You're the one who's gonna like make the ball go in instead. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> um, oh, that's yeah, funny. I think all that stuff though was uh, it was crazy and stressful, but it was also kind of the fun and why you love it too. You know. Oh, hundred. That's what. That's why I was like. Still to this day, I mean, I always say to everybody, um, there's a lot of new people who maybe started watching during COVID, and there's still new players coming into the league or people who just started watching the league that they've never seen a broadcast from season one or season two. And I'm like, please just take some time, go like watch this finals this year, or go like watch this clip and you'll sit there and be like, Oh, so that's what you went through the first two years. Like that's what things were like. 
The other takeaway I had in season one, and I didn't know this was going to be the case until I saw it play out, was so season one, I think I remember universally, like when people were rating rosters, the Sixers were at or near the bottom in most by most like experts. Um, in terms of like just their pure roster. Yeah. Like it was highly criticized as far as it you know, and just on pure like roster. And so what I quickly realized and what continued to play out year after year was just the value of culture and teamwork. And I think it's the most, it is the most by far underrated quality of successful teams in the 2K league without question. Like every single time you see like the teams that get it right in terms of like playing together and building a culture, like they are always the ones standing at the end. Because we, we are limited on time for the zoom. I, I want to ask you two two big questions before before we get you out of here. I think we have like 10, 15 minutes left on the 40-minute Zoom. First question. You were obviously the man in charge during COVID when the league was going through COVID. Uh, we were all in the NBA offices the first day that everything shut down. The first thing I want to talk about is, is COVID. Second thing I want to talk about is, is 2K. But first question with COVID, what was the first day of the COVID breakdown like for you? And follow up on that when when everything really started to break down going like, you know, throughout that year, like where was your mental health at as like the leader of this league while we were all trying to like put this league on? Like what was going going through your head during that time? Yeah, it's a good question. So so the first things first was again, safety, right? It's like, can we possibly host games in this studio? The answer quickly was no. Like once the NBA, and this is where Adam is so incredible. Like he was the first to move, first to act in terms of like shutting down the NBA because it wasn't safe. And so like we were so lucky that we had him. And then frankly, like we were had access to like these like next level doctors who were helping assess everything we were doing. So first things first, like how do we deal with like players in market, COVID? How do we handle all of this? And then Frankly, then, like, it quickly shifted to, like, wait a minute. We're one of the few products that actually can still do games. Mm -hmm. Like, we, so we quickly got with 2K and we're like, can we do games that were, that, that are, like, the league, the league build was set up to be played in person. Like, could we possibly do this remotely? And, and, and also got with our broadcast team. It was, like, two separate, like, ongoing sprints of, like, can we figure out a way to play the game and can we broadcast the game and in credit to like Matt and his TJ and his team, like did they quickly created a virtual studio where you guys could actually be injected into the broadcast from home, which was remarkable. So like, honestly, Harris, like as scary as it was like March 15th or whatever the date was when it all went down, like in a serious way, I, in my, in my mind, I was like, okay, wait a minute. This is an opportunity. Sure. And like, what, what can we do? Like we get, the, we're going to get more eyeballs than ever. And frankly, like our whole season, we were on 27, I think 27 broadcasts on ESPN two. Yep. yep. That, like think about that from like the first draft day to like that moment. We're like, that was the, one of the high points of, you know, of the, you know, th that, that year. Mm -hmm. What was it like? Was it weird to be running the league while COVID was going on? Like, cause for like, I, I, as a social media guy at that point, like we were all like blinders on heads down. Like we got to get through it. Like what, what were some of the, like the, the weird things that you were encountering kind of at the, the top of the ladder when it came to like COVID and stuff? No, I, I think it was just, it was being, it was frankly, this is where like the NBA and 2K were awesome to work with. Like 
we were very nimble. We were making a lot of decisions. I wasn't having to check in with a lot of people on what we were doing. Like we would go, we would go, we would go. And like, we were going to take advantage of it. We had to move fast and, and be nimble. And so we did that. So that was cool. So my, one of my takeaways was like the, the, the board that I reported into, like they were super supportive of us, us kind of like taking advantage of the opportunity. So that was awesome. Um, and then I would say like, I think players and teams were happy to be playing like sure. the other option. And this is what I, I told them early on. I'm like, the other option is we send you home and like, you know, no more sorry, 2K league. <laughs> there's no 2K league right now. Yeah. And so like, they were very like, frankly, they were very, um, you know, pliable. And they were like, okay, we, we, we want to play. We want to play the season. So like, let's figure out how to do it. And so I think mm. everyone was pretty patient about how, like how to handle it all. Do you think the, do you think, let me rephrase this. What do you think the league would be like right now without COVID? If COVID didn't happen, do you think the league would be that much different? Do you th obviously the world would be so much different? So it's hard to say. But what do you think the league would be like without COVID? And then I have to sneak in a two K question uh, after this. I, I just think I think what what COVID did for the league now is it unpacked the ability to play remotely. Okay. So like I mean I think we remember we were playing the first couple of seasons. Everyone had to be in the studio in person, which by the way was in many ways great. Cause you got a chance to like sit with players and like get to know them. And like, we unpacked a lot of cool content because we were sitting with the players yeah. week in, week out. The idea of Sacramento flying in for a one hour game, you know, <laughs> six hours, both ways. Like that, that still not know, great. Still not I mean, great. I, that was not, that was not <laughs> awesome for them. Um, but um, no, so I think it was just, listen, I think COVID, you know, they, they always say like, kind of, you know, um, if things kind of like innovation comes out of crisis a little bit at times. And so like, um, you know, we invented some cool new stuff. Like the notion of a virtual studio had never been on our radar until it was, and, mm -hmm. and then it became a thing. So I think it was, um, I don't know. I think it, it uh, and I, I still even think like remote play is different than in-person play. And, and so I, I think it's, and frankly, it's up to you guys who are experts to like unpack the differences. Yeah. All right. Last question for me. Cause we got six minutes left on the zoom. What what's 2K's deal? They it it seems like sometimes they're super fun to work with. It seems like sometimes they're super like vague. Like what when you guys go to them for a request, like let's say like just getting like getting the league build and making it go public, like what what is their intention with the league and why does it always seem like we're in a we're in a boat with two people who are paddling, but only one person is paddling and they're just kind of sitting there? Like what what's their deal? What's 2K's oh, deal no, with I the league? I think that's a misconception. Honestly, I, I think it really is. I think I think it's more so here's the opportunity and the challenge. I think 2K had people who were super, super dedicated. Like, frankly, Chen, who's like the lead developer for 2K and related to the 2K League, mm -hmm. he was awesome. Like, he was so much fun to work with. He was always trying to help us wherever he could. He would, he would work ab above and beyond to try to get things done with the league build and make adjustments. Mm -hmm. um, and then, frankly, the NBA was the same way. It's like there was challenges at the NBA office, but for the most part, like you had generally people in that office wanted the 2K League to succeed. And frankly, both sides know that the 2K League is an incredible product for taking young people who are not necessarily easy to reach, but who love the NBA and developing a relationship with them. So, like, both sides wanted to work in a huge way. I think what the challenge is, and I think what you're talking about is. At the end of the day, 2K has a, you know, an incredibly successful retail game. The NBA has an incredibly successful NBA product. And at times, you you know, 
the 2K League was the pebble in the ocean, right? It was it was like it was just frankly when it comes to prioritization, it was just a little further behind, and that actually should be the case. Like I mean, right. it, it, you have the billion dollar monster, and then you have uh, you know a, a supporting league to kind of kind of help grow that game, and so. I actually think, was it challenging at times? Yes, but I think it, it should be that way. Do you think we will ever get the league build in the game of 2K? As I always said, I think it's more likely to have the retail version of the game be played by the league than to have the, a league build in the 2K game. Like, I, I just think, like, it's... it's Because uh, I think you want to have an accessible version of the game. Like, you don't want to scare good players off either. Um, to me, it's more fun to have... to For a player to know... The game they're playing is it'll it'll make them appreciate the, the pros. Right. All right, Dirk. We got four minutes left. Any last questions for the man you call your second father? Yeah, uh, dad number two. Dad number maybe, two. Maybe I'll go back to the blonde hair for this year. Just to, uh, <laughs> just go, to bring go get it. the haircut too. Just to make um, I guess we just kind of like give you the platform to you know a lot of people miss you out there. Obviously, you you're. You're the godfather, the founding father of everything that we kind of know with competitive 2K. Like, I feel like there's a Mount Rushmore. I don't want foreheads. I want LD2K and then Brendan Donahue just right here, just staring down. So just kind of like the message that you maybe have for people, right? Maybe there uh, some uncertainty of like, okay, do I even want to pursue this league? You know, what's the future going to look like from the league? And just kind of like the backbone of knowledge that you have over the past six years of how good of hands, you know, everything is in with all those people that you have worked with for so long. Listen, so first off, I think the league is in great shape. I, I think the future is bright. I think the game has never been more popular. Um, I think the 2K League is going to get better and better about kind of capturing the, the 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 great things about the league that we love. And and I think you'll – and frankly, I think a new set of eyes is a great thing. I think so, someone who, like – I was almost too close to it. Like, I, I think someone coming from the outside, frankly, is, is a positive thing in terms of, like, coming up with new and fresh ideas. I will say I was – you, you, you know, um, Harris, you asked a question earlier about like that last season. Yeah. I had to get that NBA player deal to the finish line. There you like go. that was like my, that was my, my, you know, that was my, definitely my big war I had to get done. And so like getting that done was incredibly powerful and I'm excited. And frankly, I'm so excited to see how that plays out at all-star and NBA all-star and Indy for the first time. If there's any bittersweet moment for me, I wish I was there to see that first event. But anyway, uh, you can it'll still be come. Awesome. You can still go. You can yeah, hang out there. It's free. Dirk, you can pull. You can pull in a a cot, a hotel cot, and VD can sleep wait, on your floor. <laughs> can, can, do I get to pull some strings and be like, "Yeah, I got a VIP guest that you needs know, I uh, access into the room, event." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, for the first time, have a for the first time in fifteen years, I'm going to be home for a Valentine's Day. So I think I actually I, I think <laughs> nice. I, I better not pass out that opportunity. Nice. Um, but then I, I would just say like I'm what I love about the 2K League is just how many voices and how everyone cared, whether it was you guys, fans, players, like everyone cared about just growing it. And I just, I had so much fun leading into that. Like it was just so much fun to like try to find new ways. And we were always making adjustments, adding 3v3, adding, you know, adding remote play, like doing all the, you know, making the draft a big deal and how much fun that was like, like, uh, the, like the picture behind me. So I think, um, and I also think we gave the players a voice, which, you know, I, I think was really important. Um, so I think, I don't know, man. I, I would just say, like, as I think about the next chapter, I'm just so grateful that, like, I had so many great experiences of, like, whether, hey, listen, there's fun part of part, sponsorships or the, the broadcast and running a broadcast, dealing with players. Like, I, I can tell you now when I'm talking to some other organizations, like, I end up talking about, like, taking player calls at 2 a.m. and, like, 
like like that like as as stressful as that was at the time like it's also so cool that we had that relationship that a player thought they could call me and, and thought to do that like that's actually a cool thing too all right well, we got 45 seconds left so it is time time unfortunately to say goodbye because you have important meetings to go to and mm -hmm. i have to pick up my dad from the airport uh so bd thank you for coming on this will not be the last time we have you on virtual court side no. hopefully hopefully we'll have you again uh, we appreciate it we wish you the best and uh, hopefully you'll be watching us uh, from Twitch this year. I hope to see you in the Twitch chat. No doubt. Love you guys. And, and I'll definitely, I'll happily do it again. We need yeah. to, we need to see BD for some midseason analysis. Cause I know how yeah. much we wanted to only talk about the gameplay when we were there, but they gave us <laughs> now PR questions can. that we had to ask. <laughs> Time to talk about the game. No, no script. Dirk. No script. <laughs> <laughs> All right, BD. See ya. Later guys.